moving in our lives. You are moving in our community, Father, and we just want to honor you and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And pray, Lord, that, uh, that right now, Holy Spirit, that you would lead me, that you would speak to us today, Lord God, that you would encourage us and you would help us to understand the things that you want each of us to do to put in place this year so that we can move forward as individuals, we can move forward as a church and we can move forward as a community inside of this larger community that you've placed us in, Lord. We want to be used by you this year, Lord God, and we just pray that you would teach us what we need to know so that we will be ready and we will be equipped with everything that we need, Lord God, to do your work in this town and your work in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So uh, last last week, I, I said briefly uh, before I, I got into the message, and, and, and I really want to say it uh, again today, the importance of understanding and uh, making note of the victories that we have and the, the, the battles that have been won in our lives. Each of us go through things every day and every week. There's things that go on in our lives. There's things going on, uh, on in our world that maybe no one else knows about. There's things that we like to keep to ourselves that are our, our own personal battles that we don't like to share. But And, and God is moving and, and each of us has have testimonies of stories and victories that God has won. And what I want to say to you is share those victories with people. Share your testimony. Share what God has done. Share the battles and the victories that have been won in Jesus' name. Because it's these stories and these testimonies that are going to cause people to understand that our God is great, that our God is big, that our God is mighty, that our God is powerful. There are victories that you have won that I want to hear about. There, there, there are battles that have been won. There are, there, every single day, God is doing things in our lives. And I said last week, our God is not a God who knows about losing. Our God is victorious. Jesus was victorious over death itself. That's how victorious our God is. There is nothing that can overcome him. And when we understand that, we understand that there's nothing that can truly overcome us in this lifetime, right? And, and even, I, I just want to say, regarding Jeff and everything that's going on, you know, two, uh, a bit over two months ago, uh, the doctors told him that he would have one to t- two months to live. But we're over that stage already. And Jeff is still going. Every day is a victory. Every day is a miracle because he has overcome the things of this world. And he's still in the battle and it's still going on. But every single day that he wakes up with breath in his lungs is a victory in Jesus' name. And we need to hold on to these victories because our understanding of the victories that we have will get us through the next challenge that we face because our God is good. And this is what he wants us to do, to understand understand the victories that he's already won so we understand that he can get us through the battles that are yet to come all right so let, let's let's go into and let's go into this new year aware of the battles that have been won and the victories that we've had in Jesus name because there will be challenges this year for you there will be challenges for me there will be challenges for us as a church there will be challenges within our community Right, but Jesus is victorious, and we need to understand that. Because when we understand that, we can bring hope to people who, who have no hope. Uh, today, I, I, so I, I, I was praying, and I've been asking God, and God, what do you want to? 
do this year? How do you want us to to start the year off? And you know, it's it's easy to come uh, and just do some message of super encouragement. And this year is is going to be the year. And hallelujah and amen. And everything's just going to fall into place. And everything's just going to happen for you this year. And we'd all walk out of here feeling great. And yeah, God is good. But then tomorrow something goes wrong, and you're like, well, that's not what Darren said yesterday. So what the heck is going on in my life? And so God, I was saying, God, how do you want to start this year? And he just said, let's just start with the basics. And let's start with the necessities of what we as believers need to be doing and need to understand so that we can live in this victory and understand that, that even in, in battles that are victorious, there are still casualties. And, and people still lose things. Even the, even the winning side in a battle have casualties and lose things and people are injured, right? And that still happens even though they're victorious. And so sometimes things will go on in our lives that, 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 uh, that hurt and, and we'll, we'll have struggles or uh, injuries, right? Whether spiritual, physical, whatever. But just because things have gone wrong... It doesn't mean that we can't be victorious. Just because something may have been lost, it doesn't mean that we weren't in the end victorious in that, right? And we need to understand this mindset of, of what victory actually looks like. Victory comes with its challenges. Victory comes with the battles that we have to fight to even win that victory, right? And so I believe God wants us to start off, and he's been speaking to me about three necessities for this year for us as believers. If we want to grow and if we want to be if we want to have the most effective year that we have ever had in our relationship with God, if we want to have the most effective year that we have ever had uh, in our own personal lives and in our relationship with Jesus, there are three things that I believe God's given me today. And there, there, there are more as well, but three that I believe he wants to, to, to speak about today that if we do and if we put these three things in place in our lives, it will allow us to understand and live in the victories of what God has for us because we know... We we spoke about it last year. God has a, a promised land for us, uh, wide open spaces that he wants us to walk in. This is a promise and a declaration of God, right? But there are things that we need to do and we need to put in place in our lives so that we can walk in that promised land. There are things that we need to make sure we are taking care of in ourselves so that we can walk in the promises of what God has for us, right? And this is a lot easier said than done. Again, it's easy for me to stand up here and say, God has this wide open space and this promised land and he wants you to just walk through it and take it and while I believe that's true that sounds a lot easier coming out of my mouth than it is for you to actually live out in your life and please please know I understand that I understand that it's challenging I understand that it's not always easy to walk in the promises that God has for you but it doesn't change the fact that I believe with every part of my being that he has promises that he wants you to walk in but there are things that we need to do so that we can continue to walk in these promises. We know that God saved us and he changed us and we want to see the same happen to people around us. And again, there's things that we need to do, right? And I believe that these three things done properly and effective in our lives will, will release the blessing of God and what he wants for us. We know that God wants to bless us, his people, but there are things that, that are required of us to see this blessing come. And now the first one, 
And we've already heard mentioned this morning. Joy mentioned it, and Wolfgang even mentioned it before. And the first one is simply reading the Bible, knowing the Bible. But there are reasons why we need to know the Bible, and I want to go into that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. If you want to turn to it, uh, Hebrews 4, 12, in your Bible, phone, whatever you like to use. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The first part of that, for the word of God is living and powerful. If we want to walk in the power of God and live in the power that that he has for us, we need to know and understand his word. And and both Joy and and Wolfgang were talking about how sometimes simply uh, reading the Bible, if we're not in the right mindset or everything else is going on in our lives, it can seem empty, it it can seem dull at times, and depending on what part of the Bible you're you're, uh, in at the moment. I remember a a couple of months ago, I was talking to a couple of friends of ours, uh, Jesse and Brooke. You you guys have probably met Jesse. He's been here a couple of times, and we were talking to him about it, and uh, we're just having dinner and talking about the Word of God, and 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 he he sort of asked the question, you know, uh, or he, he made a statement. He said, it's like, when he reads the word, it's like it's just coming alive in him. And every time he, he, he reads something new, it's like it's just coming alive in, in his spirit. And, and he just sort of mentioned, he's like, it feels like, you know, there, there's sometimes people or he tries to share, you know, what he's got out of the word with somebody and like they don't seem too enthusiastic about it or like they, they just don't understand the, the reality of the word. And, and, I was just, and he's like, how do you not uh, become discouraged in this? So how do you not become discouraged when, when, when reading the word, when it's like you've read it before and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and, and I just, we, Zoe and I just started to, to, to really share with him. And, and, and for me, it's like when I go into reading the word of God, it, it's easy to just get in the, in the mindset of it's just another book. It's just like I'm reading the latest romance novel and, and all this sort of stuff. It's easy to get into this mindset of, oh, it's just another book. It's just another bunch of words on a page that I'm going to read and I'm going to understand a little bit and then I'm going to walk away and it's it's not going to matter. But the Word of God is living and alive and it's powerful. And so when I read the Word, when I'm reading the Bible, I like to go into it with this mindset and this understanding in my mind before I even start to read that the words that I'm about to read in the Bible are actual true things that happen. Because we can read about the miracles and the things that happen even after Jesus died throughout the book of Acts and throughout the rest of the New Testament. And if we're looking at it just words on a page, it's Oh yeah, cool, that sounds cool, awesome. This guy got set free out of prison and the boat crashed and they were in, you know, all this sort of stuff. But I like to go into the reading of the word with the understanding in my mind that I'm reading actual things that actually happen. When I'm reading the miracles of Jesus, they're not just words on a page, they're things that actually happen in real time. When Jesus prayed for people and scales fell from their eyes so they can see, that actually happened. When he rubbed mud in somebody's eyes and then spat in it, it's weird, but it actually happened. When Jesus walked on water, it's a great story. 
story and we can think, how is that even possible? But it actually happened. Then when you're reading the word, you're reading events and stories and testimonies of things that actually happened, right? It's the same as when you share a testimony with somebody about what God has done. You're sharing something that actually happened to you. And that's why it's powerful. That's why the word of God is powerful and alive because it's absolute truth. It's teaching you about things that actually happened. It's not some fantasy novel or some fantasy story with some cool things in it that encourages for a little while. It's it's the truth of things that God has done in the past and his word says that he will continue to do and do even greater things in and through us. So when you read the word, go in with an understanding that I'm reading an actual revelation of the truth, that I'm reading something that is alive and powerful in my life. And when when we do this, right, we we are more likely to get something out of it. it it's interesting. There was a there was a, a study done last year uh, by the Barna Group, and these guys are a, a group uh, in America, and they do uh, studies and um, surveys and stuff every year. And they're a bunch of, of, of Christian people, and they basically they survey churches, they survey church people on all different sorts of areas and last year they decided that they wanted to do a particular study on um on how often somebody needed to read the word or hear the word for it to actually begin to have a genuine and noticeable effect in their lives, right? So this this includes uh, personal reading. This includes listening to the word, like a, a Sunday sermon is part of this, right? And so they did this study on church people, on Christians, and, you know, asked them all these questions. And the results are really interesting. In fact, Pika mentioned a little bit of it uh, last week while she was uh, uh, worship leading for us. So they found through this study, right, if someone reads or, or hears the Bible, the words of the Bible once a week, again, this includes the, the Sunday sermon, there's going to be no change in their lives. Absolutely no change found whatsoever. Hearing or listening twice a week, no change. Nothing happens in a person. Three times a week, uh, they, they notice that there's like, if it's like a, a, a heart rate monitor on those screens at the hospital, it's like it's just flat one or two. Uh, reading three days a week, there's a little tick. There's this tiny little sign of, of life, or this tiny sign that that something is happening, but that's about it. It's just a little blip, and then it's, it's back in a, a little blip. But interestingly, if someone reads or hears the word four times a week, right, things start to change. At four times a week, people begin to experience a drastic change in their lives, in their well-being, in their behaviors, in their happiness, how they see and understand the world, how they see and understand God. At four days, there's this, there's something that happens. And maybe for me, I was just thinking about it, maybe because four days is actually a majority of the week. More often than not, you're hearing the word of God. It's like the things that you hear more often and not. The things that you put into your life more often are going to impact and influence your lives more than the things that you don't put time and effort into. And so people who read or hear the word four times a week begin to make better decisions in their lives. They begin to make better decisions for their family. And maybe that's because they've learned right or wrong from Scripture or that the things that are going on that they don't understand, the Word of God is, is speaking to them again because it's living and it's alive and it's powerful 
possible. This is what the Word of God can do. And it's why God has given us the Word for us to read, right? It's why each of us have the ability to read right now. And we have such easy access to the Word of God wherever we go, on our phones, our computers, uh, the, the books, wherever you go, you could be reading the Word. And so God has given us this opportunity because He knows that if we read it enough, it begins to do something in us that changes us from the inside out, that, that, that changes our mindset, it changes our understanding, right? To know what God wants us to do and even how He wants us to do it, we need to be in the Word of God. We need to know what it says so that we can do what it says. If you don't know what it says, then the, the chances of you doing it are like small. Like you might get lucky every now and then, right? It's like I was reminded of this, this, this story. Again, Bible story, true. In 2 Kings chapter 22 tells us of King Josiah. Now, King Josiah was one of the few good kings, uh, one of the ones who, who did well and who, who honored God, did, did all the, the good stuff. This guy became king when he was eight years old. He was only a child, right? And for a while, um, you know, he was just doing his thing from eight years old. Uh, some stuff had gone on in the past, and the, the book of the law that God had given had actually been lost at this point, and so no one really knew what it said. And one day, King Josiah sends a couple of his people to the temple of God to, like, clean it up, fix it up, all this sort of stuff, and they find the book of the law in the temple. And the Bible says that these guys bring the book of the law back to King Josiah, and they read it to him. And check out what it says in 2 Kings 22, verse 11. Now when it happened, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, that he tore his clothes... And tearing of his clothes was, uh, was, was what they did in the Old Testament. It was a sign of recognition that I've been doing something wrong, that, that something is going wrong in our nation. So he tore his clothes, right, at the hearing of the book of the law. Before hearing or reading this book of the law or the word of God, Josiah was unaware of the things that he and the nation were doing wrong. He was doing his best to honor God but he was unaware of the things that they were actually doing wrong because he didn't know the book of the law. He didn't know the word. He didn't know the truth. But upon hearing the truth spoken to him, it brought about a change in his life that led him to change the way the nation did things. They went through the nation. They tore down all the Asherah poles and got rid of all the uh, false idols and stuff from the nation that they didn't know were wrong because they didn't know the truth. But upon hearing the truth, he did something about it. It brought about change in him. If he had never read it, he would never have known. If we're not reading the Bible, if we're not making time for the word in our lives, we will not change, we will not grow, and we will not walk in the blessings of God in his kingdom because we won't know what they are and we won't know what we're doing wrong. You can't expect change if you don't know what change should look like. Right, a lot of us say, uh, I want to change and I want to be different and I want this year to be different. But unless you know what you want that change to look like, nothing's going to change. Unless you know what you want to become or how you, how you want to be, how you want to be different, nothing's actually going to change. And the Word of God is our instructions that teaches us about the things that God wants us to change in our lives, about the things that He wants us to remove from our lives, like He did with King Josiah and the whole nation of Israel at this point. He, he, the, the Word changed them 
so that they changed the outworking of the things that they were doing. And this is what the Word of God does. It causes us to change. As like Wolfgang said, people, people come and, and they can accept Jesus in a moment and then, woohoo, they're saved, it's all good, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And then they just go back to doing the same things and stuck in the same lifestyle. It's like unless they begin to read the Word, or hear the word spoken, or listen to the word, right? Unless they begin to do this, it's very highly unlikely that any sort of change will come about in their lives. It's not until people have a continue, uh, continually encounter Jesus that things begin to change. Because it's when we encounter Jesus that he speaks to us about the things that we need to do differently. It's as we read and understand his word that it comes alive in us and allows us to see the things that maybe we're not doing the way we should be doing, right? So reading the Bible for us this year, for you this year, for me this year is of utmost importance. If I want to change, if I want to see things change, I need to be in the Word so I know what that change looks like, right? The second thing, the second necessity for us this year, if we want to be effective, right, is to speak words of life over ourselves. Second necessity in having your most effective year in God and receiving the promised blessings is to speak only and accept only words of life about yourself. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21 in the Amplified Bible says that a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruits of his mouth. He will be satisfied with consequence of his words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. The words that you speak about yourself, will bear fruit in your lives. If you speak negatively about yourself, over yourself, doubt yourself, again, it's like reading the Word. If you hear it more often than you hear other stuff, the Word will come alive in you. If you hear negative stuff, if you speak negative stuff over yourself more than you speak positive stuff over yourself, you're going to have a negative mindset towards yourself. Right? Because death and life or in the tongue. The scripture says that throughout the Bible. The power of life and death are in the tongue. So we choose to speak life, to speak wholeness, to speak fulfillment, to speak blessing over ourselves, or we choose to speak death and depression and sadness and anxiety and doubt over ourselves. If we want to be effective in the things of God this year, if you want to be effective in the things of God, then you need to make sure that the words that you're speaking over yourself and the words that you accept from other people, excuse me, are words of life. The scripture is saying that the words that we speak are what actually feeds our soul. Right? They can, they, the words that we speak feed the very essence of, of who we are. And so if we're not speaking positively, we're putting bad stuff into our soul and it's going to come out. Right? If we speak negative words over ourselves, we're feeding our soul with negativity. And the consequence of this is we will not believe that we are worthy to be used by God or we won't believe that we are worthy to receive the blessings of God. We cannot hope to expect to live life well if the only things we say or think about ourselves are words of death. Proverbs 15.4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perversiveness in it breaks the spirit. Right? Negativity in our tongue breaks our spirit. And it's the same when other people speak into us as well. It's like if someone speaks harshly to you, 
It's like nothing happens to you physically on the outside, but inside, it's like something breaks. It's like something is, is crushed, and there's this, there's this pressure in it. And it's like they're just speaking words, but you feel the power that it has. It's the same with the words that you speak over yourself. You can speak life into yourself, or you can speak death and destruction over yourself, right? And again, this ties in with the first necessity. If you're reading the Word, you know what God says about you. You understand what He says and the promises and the blessings that He has declared over you. If you read the Word, you know what it says. You know how He thinks about you. So it's easier to declare good things over your life when you know that God is declaring good things over your life in the first place. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? You are a chosen generation, royalty, a priesthood, a holy nation. These are just a couple of things in one scripture that God says over you, right? And we need to hold on to this. We need to understand this. This needs to be what we say about ourselves, what we believe about ourselves. Joel, uh, Joel Osteen says, you can change your world by changing your words. You can change your world by changing your words. Right? That's how powerful your words are. Whether or not we will live in and experience everything that God has will be determined in part by the words that we choose to speak over ourselves. And without trying to sound too overly uh, spiritual or, or, or anything like that, uh, even the words we say jokingly about ourselves have an incredibly huge impact on us, right? And on what we actually think or, or believe about ourselves, right? And this is something that I need to be careful of because I've recognized that jokingly, I speak negative stuff over myself all the time. Where Just when I'm joking around with, with Zoe, I'll say stuff like, uh, you know, I'll complain about being the worst husband in the world or being the worst father. I, I, do, I do it all the time, right? I don't actually believe it or, or, you know, it's like I'm just joking about Zoe, uh, not about Zoe, about myself to Zoe, but it's like sometimes I've noticed when I get into a negative headspace, these are the first things that start coming back to me. That's right. No one else has said this to me. I'm the only one who said these things over my life. No one else has said it to me into my face, at least, right? But I'm the only one who I've heard these words spoken from. It's like when I get into a negative space, that's what comes to me, right? I recognize that I need to stop saying that. I need to stop joking that about myself. I I, I joke uh, about my my health all the time to Zoe, like saying things about my body and stuff. And it's like, what happens when I get into a negative headspace? These things come back to me. I need to stop that. I need to speak words of life over myself, right? And so even when you're joking, be careful about the words that you say in joking over yourself and over other people as well. Because, you know, a few years ago, like, Probably even some people still do it today. But like when I, when I was growing up, when I was like a, a young adult, a teenager, it's like this this thing came in where where you could basically say whatever you wanted to somebody, right? You could just be harsh and just unleash at them, and then as long as at the end of it you said "ha ha," only joking, it was all good. Like, and the person couldn't be offended at you because you said, ha, 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 I'm only joking, right? But the words have been spoken out. Those harsh words still hurt, and it doesn't matter if that person at the end said, ha, ha, it's all good, I'm only joking. It still hurt, 
right? And so we need to be careful about the words that we say and believe about ourselves. And the third thing, really quickly, that we need to do this year, the necessity if we want to have the most effective year that we've ever had in God. And none of these things are mind-blowing. You've heard these things before, right? But I believe this is where God wanted us to start, to start at the basics so that we can build on something this year. And these three things are extremely important in our lives. And when working together in unison, it brings us into what God wants for us. And so the third thing is simply to be obedient to the Word of God. Because obedience to the Word of God is what will allow God to release His blessing into our life. Right? We know that God loves us and He wants to bless His people. But His blessings require our obedience. Because God cannot bless something that is not good or righteous or holy. Because He is holy, because He is just, He cannot pour His blessing out on something or somebody who is not living the right life. Because that would be contrary to His word. That would be hypocritical of Him to say that I will bless you if you do this. And if someone's not doing that, for Him to pour out His blessing would be like, what are you doing, God? That's, That's not what you said. So obedience to His word will allow God to release His blessings. God cannot bless something that is not good. Because God is just and he cannot go against his word. Obedience to the word that we read. Right, again, if we're reading, we know what we need to do. We know what God says. We know what he warns us against. Obedience to the word of God will bring change in our lives. Will cause us to live in the blessing and the favor of God. And to be more effective than we've ever been for the kingdom of God before. It will cause us to have the most effective year we've ever had. Obedience in every area, not just a few, but but total obedience. And when we have total obedience, it means that we are totally reliant on God. And a lot of the times, our disobedience comes out of a place where we don't actually trust God or trust what His Word says. So we do what we think is right instead of listening to the Word of God. It's not that we're intentionally trying to be disobedient or do the wrong thing. It comes out of maybe we don't actually trust God as much as we should with something in our lives. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 6 if says this, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands that I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth, All those blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Right, all of these blessings that God says I'll give to you, but what was the first part? If you fully obey the Lord your God and follow all his commands, then these blessings flow. Right? Because he can bless people who are being obedient to him. See, these are just three things that I believe God has spoken to me about over the last couple of months that I need to put in place in my life, that we need to put in place in our lives. 
I, I want to have for me personally, I want this year to be the most effective year that I have ever had in the things of God. I want to see things happen this year that I've never seen before. I want to see people who've never even heard the name of Jesus Christ who are living in this town to come to know Him and begin to encounter Him and experience Him this year. But if I want to see that happen, I need to be obedient. I need to be in the Word. I need to be speaking positive things over myself because if I don't do these things, then I'm not going to be very effective. If I don't put into place the things that I've said to you today, then I'm not going to have a very effective year. I believe that this is true for me. I believe that it's true for you. I believe that it's true for us as a church. If we can read the Word enough that it begins to impact and change our lives to cause us to, to make the right decisions, then we will be effective. If we can speak positive words over ourselves and not allow the negativity of the past to influence us moving forward, we will be effective. And if we can be obedient to the Word of God that we're going to be reading, then His blessings are going to come in our lives and move like they never have before. Right, His power is going to move over this community like it never has before. But it requires these things. I encourage you, go away and, and pray about these things. Seek God for yourself. Maybe there's other things that He wants you to do this year that will allow you to be the most effective that you've ever been. But God wants to move in this place. God wants to change us. God wants to change this church. God wants to change this community. Right? But it starts with those of us who are already here. I encourage you, do these three things. If you don't read the Word four times a week, start reading it four times a week and watch things begin to change in your mindset and in your life moving forward. Let's pray. Father.